You're visiting the mom next door and our stories of faith. I'm glad you dropped by for a visit. Please stay a while and hear what the Lord has done in the lives of moms just like you and me. I cannot tell you how excited I am today to have Amy Oberg back with me. And um, I'll just have to say that this has been an incredibly crazy season in my own life. I have just been uh, zipping from place to place and drinking way too much coffee and not enough water. And, um, you know, eating instead of sitting down and eating meals, a lot of times I have got a little bowl in the car where I have thrown in a couple hard boiled eggs, a couple carrot sticks, an apple, and I'm just on the run constantly. And I know I'm not alone in this. This is the life of a mom. I know that in the last few years, it, it's, I mean, okay, it's not for the last few years. For some of us, it's been 20 years, right? Um, just that's the truth. Like this is our life running from place to place. Um, my adrenaline has been super high. And when Amy sent me a message and said, hey, can we talk? I have something I want to share with you and your listeners. I was like, give it to me now. I got to hear this. And uh, so without too much more rambling and introduction. Maybe it's because the coffee is surging through my veins. Um, I'm just going to pass the microphone off to Amy and Amy reintroduce yourself. I'm going to remind everybody though, that I did have you here on episode number 83. I cannot remember the date. It seems like it was in January or something, but anyway, go back to episode number 83 when Amy was on to talk about prodigal parenting, because that one was amazing as well. So Amy, jump in. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me, Pam. I am so excited to be here. Um, I want, I really wanted to chat with you about um, what I'm calling emotional maintenance. And so I want to give your listeners a little bit of background about who I am and what I do so that there's a little bit of credibility about what we're going to talk about. Cause I feel like in this season of life, the coffee is flowing. The adrenaline is flowing. Trauma is real. And so we really do need emotional maintenance in our life. And so um, I've been in leadership at the same church for the last five years. I'm a women's pastor for the last three years. And I've been in ministry for about 15 years, even though I worked outside of the church, a lot of that was volunteer um, so I kind of have done a lot of counseling. Um, I have a small certification in the double ACC, uh, counseling, but after 2020, I needed more tools. And so I found myself really, um, talking to women, um, that are coming into my office and even Christians were living on the edge of their Christianity and it really wrecked some people. And so I found myself needing more tools. So I decided to get a master's in psychology so that I could have tools to address um, and intelligently talk about what is going on in the mental health crisis that we're facing. Um, and one of the reasons I did this was because the church really doesn't step over naked, hungry people to go to church. We don't do that, right? We feed them and we clothe them before we give them Jesus. And so I feel like I cannot step over naked, hungry, starving, emotional people 
and give them Jesus. We have to address the barriers of mental health and spiritual healing, really. And that it is really, really, really important that we talk to people first and find out their stories because they really do matter. And if we really want to see spiritual healing, that's going to come through body, soul, and spirit. And I feel like all of those things work together to make one human. We are one being. God has given us a physical body. That physical body reacts to caffeine and adrenaline. And, um, and so we really need to address all of the aspects. And the way that we can do that is not only emotional maintenance, um, but bringing Jesus into that emotional maintenance. I feel like that's just super, super important. Um, so first Thessalonians five says, um, may the God himself, the God of peace sanctify you through and through may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. We need help. Let's just be honest. <laughs> like our world needs Jesus and we need to figure out how to emotionally maintain so that we can give people Jesus as well. Um, I, I really do believe that everybody needs therapy. I mean, I'm just going to be honest. I mean, I know that's not a Christian thing to say. I feel like um, the Christian world and the psychology world really don't interact that well, even though I think we should because we are, God gave us a body um, and a mind and a soul. So what I'm seeing in our world is that mental health offices are overrun with addiction and very serious mental illness, and it leaves people to really figure things out for themselves. So even when they feel like they're out of control, they can go to a pastor where they're going to get spiritual healing, but they need the combination of both some emotional maintenance tools, plus um, bringing Jesus into that situation. Um, so many of the women that come into my office are in between therapy sessions. And so there's this piece, there's a gap between, I have an hour with my counselor. I have an hour with my therapist once a week or once every other week. And then I have a week or two in between where I don't know what to do. And so there's a lot of psychology tools out there and a lot of big words and a lot of stuff. And I really just want to make it, I want to simplify it today. I don't want it to be so complicated. And I feel like God is in this for healing our souls. I mean, that's what he says. Um, Romans 12, two says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And that begs the question, how in the heck do I renew my mind? <laughs> right? So, um, and then, of course, we can move into God gave us a spirit of fear, not a spirit of fear, but of power, love and a sound mind and self-control. And we're like, well, how do we do that? Right. How can we do that? Um, one of the things that I ask people is how can we actually control our emotions? Because we are seriously running on empty. We are desperately running on empty. And this is like the naked starving piece. We're like running everybody else's lives, but we're not really maintaining our own emotional health. So does that make sense? Absolutely. You know, as you were saying that, what was going through my mind is how easy it is to, I mean, motherhood to our children or as a woman to a friend, we are seeing the trauma in other people's lives, we're seeing the hard things and 
And we have this resolve in ourselves. I can't break down. I can't lose it. I have to be strong. They need me and they need me more than I need emotional health, more than I need to rest. They need me now and I have to do it for them. And so as a result, I think we often push aside our own needs and our own need for that renewing of the mind for the rest, for all those things. And we just squash ours into a box, just squash a little bit more and squish a little bit more and squish. And pretty soon that box is going to burst its seams. And so I, I, I like where you're going with this because, um, we see that need in other people, but sometimes not in ourselves. And that, that I think go for it. (laughs) Well, I (laughs) think more. We, the only thing that we can offer our friends and our family and the people that we're seeing in our lives is our own health. And so we can't get, I can't give you anything that I'm not doing for myself. And I feel like we really do want to be strong for others, but when we're running, starving and naked emotionally, then we really don't have anything to offer except presence. And I think that's really important, but how can I offer my wholehearted health to someone And how can I help maintain that? So that's kind of where we're going in this, because how do I actually control that? Where do I actually go? How do I do that? And practically, I want to be able to go, if I'm running low, what do I need to do? And so I have a a couple of pre-qualifications for this. Okay. So I have some really basic advice. Okay. Just, and this is going to be like, everyone's going to go, I know, I know, I know. Okay. So before I actually get into an emotional tool, I want some basic, silly advice. We, we need to sleep. Can we just, can we just be honest? Like very few of us get seven hours of sleep a night. And if we do, it's usually not very good sleep. Okay. So just a few things, sleep, sunshine, exercise, and I'm going to throw in my personal, um, advice, which is really limit your alcohol. And the reason I'm doing that is because alcohol is a depressant. It chemically affects your body, the dopamine being able to actually feel and actually walk through things. And so when somebody comes to sit in my office and they say, I'm a mess and I need help, those are going to be my first four things. I'm going to say, Okay, I need and it's going to take 3 weeks to get your sleep on track. That's just the way that it is. You know, you need good healthy sleep and it's going to take some time. Exercise, I'm not talking about like let's lift weights and do reps 100 a day. I'm talking about meandering for 30 minutes. Even even if you meander for just a just get some sunshine and move your body to move some stuff out. And then limit your alcohol so that it doesn't create depressing feelings and stuff like that. So those are going to be my two, like, like my four basic things. I know that those things are given, but 50 years ago, we didn't have to tell people that 50 years ago, people played outside, people went to bed early and they were dissuaded from addiction and medicating things. Okay. Mm. And we're those, those are things that can actually change our chemical makeup. And so we have to be really careful, regular sunshine. There's this incredible study that was done just a few years ago for young female students, college students, 18 to 22. And their conclusion in the study 
was to get rid of their or reduce their feelings of depression and anxiety was 30 minutes of meandering outside because we don't, we don't do that now. Even when I was a kid, we played outside until the lights came on. And now we don't live in a world that does that. And so we have to actually tell people to go outside and we just need some sunshine. We just need some vitamin D. And so those are the, like the, does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know what? And I know I hate to pick on screens and screens are not all of it because you know what? There's days when I am so busy inside my house. I do not have time to pick up my phone or I can't even find my phone to tell you the truth. Right. I don't even know where it is half the time, but I can get so busy within the walls of my home it's getting to dinner time. And I realize I have not stepped outside. I have not had any fresh air at all. And, and so we do, we get into those ruts and we get into those busyness, busy times of life, but then add in screens on that on top of it. And, you know, there's days when I do, I go walk up and down to the mailbox, you know, four or five times just to get some exercise. But I am often on my phone listening to a podcast or listening to a book on tape or talking to a friend. And it is a different pace of life when we are doing those things. So, yeah, I totally get where you're where you're coming from with that. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. You have to tell me to do that because I'm not going to do it myself. I'm too distractible, too busy and. Yeah, it needs to be on my to-do list for a while until it becomes a habit. Yes, and we we don't really do stillness well as a culture and as a society. And so some of the like the body things that we have, like I can't have a conversation with somebody who's been strung out for six days. That's that's not that's not going to be a healthy conversation, right? And yeah. so we have to go. Okay, if we're emotionally not okay. We have to look at some of the basics of body, mind, and soul and some stillness before we can go, what do I need to do with this? Okay. Maybe I am drinking too much caffeine. Okay. That's probably true. (laughs) However, you know, what do I need to do? And so those are my like pre-qualifications, my pre-advice for really some good, healthy, emotional maintenance and habits. So, right. Before we go any further, let's just take care of that. Yeah. Cause there's just some body stuff that we have to work out first and that's just going to help you. It's only going to encourage good, healthy, emotional health. Okay. So I have this very simple tool and I call it the cloud tool. And so I've been using this really often in the last probably six months. And I want to focus on that tool today. Um, It's a simple tool. You can teach your kiddos. You can use it in between therapy sessions. Um, You can use it daily, weekly. This is like at your discretion. So we call it the cloud tool. And the reason I do is because emotions cannot be grasped. They are like a cloud. So let's just say you're in a plane and if the door is open, which is not healthy, don't do that. But if you are, you can't grab a cloud. It's an impossibility. You can't grab it. And that's very much like emotions. They're really, really hard to grab. Okay. So then we have um, clouds that get really heavy and they begin to rain, right? Usually emotional rain happens at the most inopportune time, right? 
I mean, where are you? You're standing in the grocery store having a breakdown, okay? <laughs> or you're on, uh, it's family night and everyone's having a breakdown, right? I mean, that emotional rain usually builds just like clouds build up and it begins to rain in our life, right? Okay, sometimes emotions get super heavy and they become a fog. And that fog, I live in the mountains of Arizona and we don't have fog like, uh, ocean fog or something, but we do have, we call it creepy fog where the, it's like the, the clouds get so heavy. They get, they're all around you and you can't grab them, but you're in it. And it's very disorienting and you don't know where you're going. Okay. And so when we're in emotional fog and people talk about that all the time, I just don't even know what I'm thinking. I don't even know what I'm saying. I don't even know where I am. I don't know how I feel. I would say that's emotional fog in your life. And most of the time, what happens is that fog is so disorienting that it becomes, you begin spinning around because you don't know where you're going and you create an emotional hurricane in your life. Okay. And that hurricane, none of these things you can actually catch, right? You can't, you can't tame a hurricane, right? I mean, you just can't, you can't catch the rain. You can't catch the clouds. You can't catch the fog and it becomes out of control and you begin to spin. Um, now, when we're talking about hurricanes, hurricanes, we, you know, when you walk into somebody else's hurricane, right? Oh yeah. Right. Any road rage incident, right. Is I would consider somebody else's emotional hurricane. They're so far spun up. They're so far gone that somebody gets shot. Right. I mean, come on. This is, this is the, that might be the severity of it. You can bump into somebody's cart in the grocery store and now you're getting looks and now they're telling you they're in a hurry and you're like, whoa, I just stepped into somebody else's hurricane for a second. We know that feeling. I mean, right. Are, are you picking up what I'm putting down, Pam? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, like, again, I go, okay, there's this within the home with our children, mm -hmm. but then I also know it within myself. Right. And, and like you said, yeah, out, out and about, we need the weatherman. Tell me what's happening yes. next. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so here's the thing. I really feel like, um, emotions because they are a cloud and they're really hard to catch. We have to make them tangible. All right. And so making them tangible is a hard thing to do because you have to be self-aware and you have to figure out what's going on. Okay. So here's what I'm proposing. I'm proposing that you reach up into your cloud and you grab an emotion, for example, and I'll just give you a silly example, but it'll work. I'm just going to say I'm sad. Okay. And I'm going to take that and I'm going to write it down on a piece of paper because now all of a sudden that wor those words are actually tangible and I can actually work with them. Okay. And so I'm going to say, I'm sad. So that's the first step of our cloud tool is just pulling it out of the cloud and making it tangible. All right. That's really good because I think sometimes it's like you said, this cloud, it's all within us. We just can't even put our finger on it. It's really hard then to move from the abstract to the concrete. And I mm -hmm. think at least I do better problem solving for the concrete than I do for the abstract. So, so you've just, by reaching up and grabbing that emotion and writing mm -hmm. it down, you've brought it into the concrete. So now we have something to work with. 
Right. And this can be anything. I mean, I'm sad. I'm hurt. I'm frustrated. I'm, you know, anything. It, It can be any emotion that you have. I'm in pain. You bringing that in and, and writing it down. And then all of a sudden it becomes tangible so that you can actually work with it. Okay. So that's step number one. And then step number two is why. So once you write that down, I'm sad. Then we need to sit and go, why, why am I sad? And listing out some of those reasons. Um, and it doesn't matter how big or small they are. They, I mean, Jesus says, cast all your cares, right? So listen, (laughs) Oh man, if we could learn how to do this and say, God, this matters because it matters to me. And I know it matters to you, Lord. And so I'm, it's big or small, write it down. All right. So we're pulling out, I'm sad. And then we're saying, why am I sad? And I, I just wrote a silly example, but I'm sad because someone yelled at me. Now, this is one of those things. This happens often. You run into somebody else's cloud and it, it, it matters. It, it does hurt. And so then we have number three, what can you control in the situation? Okay. So I'm sad. I'm sad because someone yelled at me and then being able to say, I cannot control other people's emotions and I cannot control other people's behaviors or other people's thoughts, being able to write that down. So we're writing down a simple process of pulling emotion out of the cloud. Why do you feel that way? And what can you control? Now, the, there's only one more piece of it. And really, this is the, the piece where Jesus gets to come in. Because what do you need to release in that is I need to release this person to carry their own responsibility. I'm not responsible for their behaviors. I'm not responsible for their emotions. I'm not responsible for their thoughts. And casting that care on God and allowing him to handle it for you could change the course of your own emotional health. Now, at this point, um, if you have responsibility, then you take responsibility right? So it's, what do you need to release? Well, I, I might need to forgive myself. I might need to apologize to somebody. I might need to work that piece out. So it's, it's this very simple awareness of, I have a cloud running over my head and I don't want it to rain or fog or hurricane. And I have to be able and willing to deal with some of those things. So I'm sad. I'm sad. Somebody yelled at me. I cannot control them, but if I did something to provoke them, I'm going to release that. I'm going to release them. I'm going to forgive whatever that proactive step looks like in your life and then releasing them to their own responsibility. So I really believe that this has been super helpful to the women that I have spoken to. So could that, to picture that a little bit more, so could that include like, writing a note to that person, sending a text. How do you release that to, Mm -hmm. to really be able to feel like it's complete? I think that there's some models in scripture, like going, when you know, there's conflict, that's kind of part sometimes what, oh, what makes us dwell in certain places is, is that we know we do need to address it. And just to say it in our own mind, okay, Lord, forgive me for my part of that, or help that person to take care of it. Um, I think sometimes there needs to be some sort of an 
actual communication as well. Sure. I, so I really believe there's a couple different types of reconciliation. There's a horizontal reconciliation that would be maybe on a human level between me and you. If there was something between you and I, I would go to you and fix that. There is also sometimes like if it's a grocery store person, but I I'm just carrying that weight. I don't have the opportunity to horizontally reconcile with them. So I have to reconcile with God and release that person. So there's horizontal and vertical reconciliation. So I think that there's both. Yeah, that makes sense because there was somebody one time in the gas station line, you know, I I mean, Mm -hmm. but I'll never see them again. So yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah. So I believe that we have opportunity for reconciliation, regardless of which way it comes. We still, um, I was just telling somebody a couple of days ago that unforgiveness is like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. Right. Right. That's unforgiveness. And so forgiving and releasing it gives, we're giving our emotions tangibility and being able to go, okay, Lord, I know you've got this. I know you can handle this and whatever my part is, talk to me, speak to me, and then I'm going to release it for you so that you can handle it. And he is working not only in my own life, but in everyone else's lives too. Right. So, um, we, I can't take it all on for myself. Everybody is going to be traveling their journey and by releasing that to God, you know, he's going to make a better decision than I would for their journey. Right. Sure. For sure. And you know, it just takes it out of your cloud. Really. I mean, like if we're all walking around with a cloud and we know this, like we're taking it away from our cloud. So it just doesn't rain on us and continue. And like, I mean, as, as ladies, we are, our minds are spinning constantly. We're like the ticking clock, tick, 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 tick. It just doesn't ever stop. Right. And so emotionally maintaining your thoughts is part of that renewing of the mind. And I really believe that God desires to heal us and we have to want healing, right? I mean, it says he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Right. 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 And, and I feel like if we have a willing heart that he wants desperately to heal us and we have to choose, like, I want to be healed. I mean, I, in Isaiah 61, it says, that's what he came for to heal the brokenhearted. And so, um, I wrote down James five because it's, it's a prayer of faith. And it says, is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone sick? Call the elders and pray for them. And then it says in this whole prayer of faith, it says, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And here's what I believe. I believe that if we can use a simple cloud tool to understand where we are and then understand what others are, we have the ability to share some of the tangible things going on in our life with each other so that we may be healed so that we don't carry it around our lives. And so when it does build up, we go, oh my gosh, I obviously need sleep and I need sunshine and I need this, blah, blah, blah. But I have to deal with some of the things that are ticking in my brain that are binding up some of my heart 
so that I can be free and I can be healed. Does that make sense? So what I'm marinating in, I guess, and I'm thinking about my own life so much is that, um, I, I think it's sometimes really easy to think, oh, it's okay. You know, like I, I might've had some trauma in my life, but you know, I'm going to get through it and it's not as bad as somebody else's trauma. And, you know, like I can minimize my own trauma. Um, but if I do that and if I ignore it as if it does not even exist, I have kind of put a wall between me and living in the freedom that Christ has for me. Right. Sure. For sure. I, I really believe God has abundant life for us on planet earth. I mean, it's not going to be perfect. We're going to live in our humanity. We're going to live in trauma, but the moment we decide to dismiss our trauma and, or compare our hurts and our feelings and our, our issues and our stuff, we dismiss what God wants for us right now. Because then it takes away from what God has for us. If we, if he wants us to live abundantly and we are supposed to be walking in the spirit in the grocery store or wherever we are, we're supposed to be walking in him. Walking in our hurricane is not helpful. I don't believe that that's abundant life. I think there is a fear factor and we can get very comfortable even living in our trauma, even living in our storm cloud with the rain coming down. And, and there's a little bit of this thought of, but if I change, if I do address that, what's that going to do? You know, it's kind of a a fear of the unknown, maybe to, Mm -hmm. to say, well, okay, I've learned to live well in this and to change it up that's almost scarier than living in the trauma for today. Yeah. Well, I, I, there is definitely a culture, um, probably not with anybody of your listeners for sure that plays a victim role, but I can tell you that that is very common in our world. And this is where the healing part comes in. Do we want to be healed? Because sometimes it's, I, I mean, it's, it's sometimes it's easier to be sick, right? I mean, we talk about, you know, being sick more than we talk about being healthy. Mm -hmm. And so we're more apt to talk about our issues, which means that our issues are what drives our conversation and our connectedness and stuff like that, instead of our health. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like that fear of moving forward well, what would I talk about? What would I have in my life? What would I do in my life if I was healthy? Does that make sense? Yes. And I'm looking around me to find my Bible and I did not bring it in this room, but I know there's um, so many scripture about sharing what God has done and proclaiming his works and, and looking at that triumph. And that is that turning point when, when we Mm -hmm. move past and we are healed and we do come out from that cloud and out of that, then we have a new thing to talk about because it is what Christ has done for us. And that is what we get to talk about, right? 
Yeah. You, you walk an abundant life and the glory of God will shine in your life and you will be a reflection of who God is and not just our, you know, our stuff going on, but who God is. And we get to walk around and be a witness of Christ's testimony and our abundant life is a testimony of who God is. Oh yeah. So being healed is part of who God is. And, you know, and here's the thing, I think, you know, even Jesus, his scars were still there. He was healed, but he kept his scars on his hands. And I think some of us walk around with open wounds a lot and we are, um, we are, we might be ashamed of our scars, but here's the thing. If I have a scar on my arm, it proves that I'm healed. And I can say it happened. I can say that it was definitely something real. It definitely hurt. You know, I definitely was wrong, but I'm healed because of who Jesus is and what he did on the cross and walking in that. This is my testimony of what God is capable of in my life. I love that picture. That is so, yeah, I'm a visual person and I love that picture. Um, I I'm also again in that mothering role in my mind. And I think earlier we were talking about, um, the small things, the things that are seemingly small. And I Mm -hmm. think if one of my children would come up to me with a worry, uh, with a a fear, um, some emotion that they were pulling down from that cloud, how would I react? You know, am I going to brush them off and say, oh, this is silly. You know, you don't even need to, am I going to grieve for them. I'm going to care for them. I'm going to address that need. And I think sometimes God uses our parenting to teach us a little bit more about himself as well. Right. Because I'm God's child, right? You're God's child. And he sees us in that very same way. And it doesn't matter. Like you said, if it was small, um, if it was major, he is there to speak to and to heal us from any of these things that assail us in life. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really feel like, I think as I, as I walk in to my own world that I, I really believe in God's healing and I really believe he wants desperately to heal all of the smallest places in our heart and all of the biggest places. And, um, I have, I've told a few people, um, that there are, there's a, in the cloud tool, it can be used for situations too. I know we, I know there's, I mean, no one escapes trauma. And so you can pull a situation that has rained in your life for a long time out. And sometimes you're not ready to actually process that out. That's okay. Don't be afraid to write it down and then walk into your therapist's office and be like, this is what I need help with right? We need each other to help walk that out. And sometimes some of those situations come in and you go, okay, I'm not ready. I'm not even healthy enough. I need more sleep. I need to get some more sunshine. I need exercise. I need some of that first before I can process this. And I usually call it an emotional shelf, like, and, you know, let's just take that situation and put it on an emotional shelf. Then let's get healthy And then I'm ready. It's concrete. It's tangible. It's ready to go when I'm ready and healthy enough to handle it. 
And so with some of those real big things that we talk about, God wants all of our small stuff, but all of some of those big things, it's okay to put that on an emotional shelf and it might be glass and it might be fragile, but if you can put it on the shelf and then go, I want to be healed from this Lord Jesus, then you can take that situation and walk in and get some help processing it. Yeah. Well, I am so thankful that we're talking about this because actually in my mom's group on Facebook, I can't remember if you're in it or not, but, and by the way, I will tell everybody, I changed the name from less than perfect Christian mamas over to just tending fields, mom's group. So Mm -hmm. if you are not in our Facebook group, you guys come join, uh, because we talk about a lot of real life things over there. And, and it seems that there is a lot of concern for mental health and, and I don't think that we have enough resources at our fingertips. Uh, I also do think there is this, um, this burden, like you said, that it's not, it is something mental health is a secular worldly problem. And if you just live as a Christian, you won't have mental health, um, challenges, but I think that, you know, it is very clear in scripture. There's a lot of, that's why we're supposed to take control of our mind and, and recapture our thoughts and take them captive for the Lord. Right. Because he knew that is a challenge for all people. And so I think I would like to do some more episodes on mental health. Amy, thank you so much. Um, is there anything else you want to add or, um, anything else that's on your heart concerning this? Well, I, I'm really just grateful. I feel like I just wanted to say thanks for allowing me talk about this because I feel like this is everyday mom. This is everyday person. This is everyday human who needs emotional maintenance. And we do need practical tips and tools on how to actually do that. And, um, I'd love to come back and talk about health and security. Those are, those are two things that I'm just super excited about that. I feel like we don't really mix those worlds. And I would love to help mix them for us Christian mamas, because we just need all the help we can possibly get. So, uh, I'm looking forward to some conversation as well. And, um, I, I would challenge all of your listeners to, um, desperately want to be well and allow Jesus to come in and, um, and allow him to heal all of those pieces, whether big or small, and then do not be afraid to get the help needed. Um, get a trusted friend, start meeting with a friend and, um, and stay connected because I think it's really, really, really important. And so I would love to pray over your listeners. Would that be all right with you? Oh, yes, absolutely. Awesome. Well, Lord Jesus, we are so grateful for the time that we've had. And Lord, I just ask that you would renew the minds of anyone listening to this podcast. Lord, would you allow them to be aware of their emotions? Lord, allow them to be aware of their situations so that they can make them tangible in a way that is healthy in a way that is uh, manageable and in a way that is, that just influences health in every other relationship and every other aspect of their life. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for teaching us. And I just pray that you would be glorified in every way, shape and form in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being here. But before we go, 
I don't mm-hmm. think we mentioned your website. And so I want to make sure I will put it in the show notes, but until then, tell me where everybody can get a hold of you. My website is amyoberg.com. It's A-M-Y-O-B-E-R-G.com. And I will go ahead and throw up the cloud tool all on my website so that it's there. So if anybody wants to see that, and I know that maybe we can throw that up in uh, Instagram or something like that, because I have a little slide for that just as a, um, a maintenance so that you can read it and take it. Your Instagram handle is Amy Oberg. Yep. That's it. Okay. And I am just going to mention, because when you were on last time, you told me that you had a book that included your testimony. So what's the name of that again? So my book is called an ember of hope. It is now, um, I think it was 2010 that it was released. So that was, um, a long time ago. However, um, it is called an ember of hope. It is available through my website and that's it but it is my testimony and the hope of Jesus in the gospel, a gift book. I love it. I love it. So, uh, when I stop recording you and I, we are going to set up a date to do this again with so much fun. Thanks so much, Pam. I hope that you've been encouraged or challenged in your faith today. And that something we discussed prompts you to grow deeper in your walk with the Lord. If it has, make sure you tell a friend so they can grow along with you. And if you or a friend would like to be a guest and share about God's faithfulness in your life, please email me at podcast at Because when we tell of God's faithfulness, we never run out of stories. Whatever is true, whatever is known, be all these things.